Special technique. Special technique of shadow boxing. You are here live, and this is the July 7th episode of the Boxing Source Radio Show. I am your host, James Bell, lead boxing analyst for the Cohort Truth on Sports and the head of the Boxing Source on social media. You can follow us on Facebook at the Boxing Source, on Twitter at Boxing Source 2, and on Instagram, the Boxing Source. Number to dial in is 347 237 Once again, 347-237-5539. Press one key to get on cue, and you'll be able to talk live on the show. Um, pretty much have a one-hour show that we're going to be going through. Uh, didn't really have uh, that much action in boxing this week. We did have one a world title fight uh, that did take place. Um, over in the um, the by the bias arena of, of uh, sorts. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of like tough, tough to like go uh, talk about. Um, the bias arena in over in Kazakhstan, you have the WBC bantamweight championship. Uh, on the line as uh, Nodina Bali uh, took on Arthur Villanueva. I mean, this is a you know, a uh, title that used to be held by Luis Neri. Uh, of course, uh, some of you may know about the whole backstory with Luis Neri and uh, how he was able to win the title uh, from Shinsuke Yamanaka. Um, but he has been, of course, tied to a lot of uh, issues with testing positive for illegal substances. Uh, so he eventually had to uh, have that belt relinquished. And Nodina Bali ended up uh, winning uh, that WBC title earlier this year against Rashid Warren um, in a fight at the MGM Green. And this was his first defense of that world bantamweight title again. Uh, Bali was coming in there at 15-0 and 0, and Arthur Villanueva was coming in there with a record of 32 wins, three losses, and one draw. Uh, his last fight was where he did have that single draw on uh, Villanueva's record. Um, but, you know, this uh, kind of was a first, you know, little defense for uh, O'Reilly to, you know, kind of like get his teammates as a world champion. 
uh, you know, facing uh, this guy that was you know, coming from the Philippines, didn't you know, necessarily uh, have uh, many uh, chances to win a uh, world title. Uh, he did have uh, one shot over in super flyweight, uh, but ended up losing that fight against Joe Arroyo. Uh, but now, you know, he gets his second shot against the undefeated Nordin Bali. And you know, Bali pretty much uh, it was in there to try to handle business. I mean, this, this is a guy that, you know, was coming in there from France, um, you know, had his string of victories. Uh, was able to, you know, get to this particular point where he was able to challenge for that Bantamweight title, win it, and then uh, go ahead and defend uh, the uh, title uh, there. So, um, you know, with him uh, getting getting in the ring against Villanueva, he's just trying to see uh, what he could do against a guy that, you know, while Villanueva did have a lot of, you know, fights under his professional record. He never had uh, something up to this particular level in the bantamweight division. Uh, so for Bali, he was you know, able to take care of business and end up getting the stoppage victory over uh, Villanueva to retain that uh, version of the Bantamweight Championship. So uh, he ends up uh, moving his record to 16-0. and 0. Uh, That is his uh, 12th knockout of uh, his professional career. Uh, so he, uh, you know, gets that, you know, gets that win and, um, you know, puts himself as, uh, you know, one of the guys that, uh, wants to prove himself there in the bantamweight division. Uh, he gets the six round stoppage. Then you know, once he was you know done with that, I mean, he you know wanted to go ahead and you know try to try to challenge the other guys there that were out there in the bantamweight division. Uh, of course, you have uh, what's going on with the World Boxing Super Series, um, and you have. That uh, final uh, that's supposed to be going on between uh, Inouye and Donaire, and uh, you still have Montesa that uh, you know is currently holding the WBO version of the bantamweight championship. So Bali wants to you know basically wait till you know everything is done with the World Boxing Super Series, and then uh, see uh, who ends up being the winner there. And once that happens, then uh, he would go ahead and, you know, try to challenge, you know, the winner of, uh, you know, the winner of, um, you know, who would be uh, there. So, I mean, that that's kind of like the thing that we're trying to figure out is, you know, who would come out of all of that um, for that World Boxing Super Series um, championship, and then see if either you know the winner of that goes up against you know Ubali, or um, you know ends up uh, fighting Tete later on down the line once Tete 
uh, recovers uh, from his injury, which, you know, had him be uh, scrapped out of uh, his fight that he was supposed to have against Nonito Denaire on the semifinal on uh, April 27th. So that kind of like is, you know, the quick thing as far as like what's shaping up uh, the Bantamweight division. Of course, uh, my feelings about the Bantamweight division is that you have Naya in a way there and it's everybody else. I know that, you know, some people are giving Donaire a shot to the feet in a way, but I mean, in a way is basically a buzzsaw right now. And he's just going through uh, most of these uh, divisions there, you know, light flyweight, flyweight, super flyweight, and now up to bantamweight. And he's going to eventually, you know, win. I, I say he's going to win the Super Series. And then, you know, another version of the Bantamweight Championships, uh, you know, one way or the other, um, either going up against Tate and defeating them, or will go up against Sabali and defeat him in order to uh, basically, I would say he would be eventually the undisputed Bantamweight champion. Uh, you do have uh, the number one, they put him as number one contender for the WBC, Luis Neri. So I guess he was able to get through all of those suspensions and, and whatnot um, and still be, you know, uh, out there as a top contender in the Bantamweight division. But, I mean, for me, it's basically now you're in the way and everybody else uh, out there in that division. So I just wanted to, you know, go ahead and um, talk a little bit about that particular, well, about that particular fight there in Nordina Valley and Harper's and Waver. Um, and Valley's, I would say his his status there in the bantamweight division while currently holding the WBC version of the bantamweight championship uh, out there. But um, like I said, we you know I'm just uh, waiting on when they're going to schedule Nada in a way against uh, Nonito Donaire for that World Boxing Super Series championship, and then after that. Uh, fight happens, then uh, we'll see uh, more unifications happen on down the line. And uh, once you know that goes down, then uh, you'll pretty much see a clearing of the bantamweight division, and you'll see who will be the person that will stand out at bantamweight. Uh, this is out there, and you know, like I was saying, I uh, pretty much say that it's going to be in a way that's going to eventually. Uh, take over that division. Um, I just wanted to, you know, go through that really quickly before looking ahead to uh, what's going down uh, next week. As you know, we we pretty much have like a good slate of fights that are happening uh, out and about. Uh, you do have you know few title fights. Uh, that are uh, happening there. Um, Rob Brand against Ryota Murata uh, in a rematch uh, for that WBA World Championship at middleweight. We know who the WBA Super Champion is. Uh, it's 
you know, the same guy that is the uh, WBC franchise champion. Uh, so, um, yeah, this this particular matchup between uh, these two guys will just uh, have them be the you know the uh, regular champion of sorts, unless if they get elevated to super champion and maybe the. WBA will do the same thing as the WBC in this case with uh, Canelo Alvarez. Uh, but, you know, for the time being, you have, like I said, a Rob Brandt uh, who did win that title from Rio de Murata, um in a fight in Las Vegas by unanimous decision. And now uh, they have the rematch here. Uh, that's going to be over in Osaka, Japan, and this this is kind of um, not necessarily what was in the plans of there for Murata. Uh They were thinking that if they were able to get the win over Rob Brent, then they may eventually down the line uh, challenge uh, Gennady Golovkin, and then they would uh, have uh, Murata against Golovkin over in Japan, uh, but, you know, that didn't happen with, uh, first with, you know, Rob Brandt, uh ended up uh, winning that fight against Murata, and then second, the eventual signing of Gennady Golovkin uh, to the uh, zone under the zone platform, um, pretty much uh, putting his schedule on a set set course to fight a few more fights, eventually get that rematch against Canelo Alvarez, and then uh, close out his professional career. So now you have uh, this rematch um, between uh, these two. That's going to be over in Japan uh, for that WBA championship. Um, I mean, for me, I I just think that you got to see if Murata is going to be uh, active in this particular matchup, uh, you know, he, he kind of uh, was, he, he lost significantly against um, Rob Brent uh, in this thing. And, you know, Brent <laughs> threw over 1,200 punches uh, over those 12 rounds in their last fight, while uh, Murata only threw about 770 in you know, in comparison. So you just got to see if Murata is going to be more active, more, I would say more aggressive, try to, you know, get Rob Brandt on his back foot a little bit more. Um, Because other than that, if if Rob Brandt is going to be as active as he was in the first fight, throwing over 100 punches per round, you're going to see repeat performance there by Rob Brandt, and he would be able to retain that WBA middleweight championship uh, there. So, I mean, that that's kind of like what I'm looking at with this upcoming fight that's going to happen uh, there next uh, on Saturday over in Japan for that WBA middleweight championship. Um, as far as, like, you know, where they would be in the overall sense of the middleweight division is just, you know, them holding that 
version of a world title and I guess going up against uh guys at that level. Maybe you know they they could uh have a fight there with Daniel Jacobs who's in the rankings also. Uh Jeff Horn is in the rankings. Uh so maybe there'll be a fight there with uh, Jeff Horn uh, later on down the line because you know, the other world champions that are out there, uh Canelo and uh Demetrius Andrade, I don't think that, you know, will be much of an interest for either one of those guys, uh, Rob Brandt or Rio de Murata, to face someone the likes of a Demetrius Andrade uh, later on down the line. Um, so that's kind of like, um, you know, what we're seeing here um, in the uh, middleweight division. So that's kind of like what I'm, what I'm getting at uh, from here. So um, seeing that we got like another – we got a caller in here from the 205 area code. What's going on? Y'all not talking to us radio show. What's going on, James? It's Mike Brady calling out of Atlanta. How you doing? Doing good here, brother Mike. Doing good. Just, uh, you know, trying to go through all the uh, fights that are coming up next week, um, including the uh, rematch between Rayota Murata and uh, Rob Brent. And you also have, like, uh, Shakur Stevenson that's going to be fighting – over in his uh, hometown area, um, you know, and he he has that fight that's coming up too, as well. So that's that's kind of like what I'm like going through here. It, it really wasn't you know much of an active uh, you know weekend this weekend. So we're just kind of like looking you know ahead to next weekend. Uh, like I said, Curtis Stevenson's going up against uh, Alberto Guerrero, and he's had like what is it about three different. Um, replacement opponents up into this particular date. So you do have that. And there is like, you know, a whole set of um, uh, fights coming up uh, there for, you know, I would say over in London, uh, you did have Joe Joyce against Brian Jennings that I'm looking forward to. And uh, Daniel Dubois against Nate Gorman as well. So, those are kind of like the fights that I'm looking forward to next weekend um, in, in the sport of boxing. Is there like anything that you're looking forward to um, next week or you're kind of like jumping ahead to uh, what we got on uh, July 19th and July 20th? Um, I like Shakur Stevenson. Um, it'd be interesting to see him against um, – a bit more sturdy opposition. Maybe he is the type who um, who's who's pretty good, and you know um, he just like kind of run through people. But it'd be nice to see him not against like someone that like he's young, so he shouldn't have a, a super serious test at this point. Because I do believe that you should definitely build up a fighter's confidence and, but, you know, like a moderate amount of um, resistance to where he kind of got to, like, work through things as opposed to it being easy. Maybe a pressure guy that, that, that keeps coming and won't stop and he has to go for all eight rounds or whatever he's fighting now. Um, yeah, I think he should have a fight like that. Um, I'm not sure who he's fighting now, but. It seemed like all his fights so far have been pretty straightforward, except for like one I remember seeing him. Uh, yeah. At one, so, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, because um, 
his last fight that he had against Christopher Diaz uh, over in uh, Madison Square Garden, he was able to, you know, fight to a unanimous decision winning that one um, with uh, Diaz having, you know, a little bit more experience out there. So they're kind of like getting him in the ring with the guys that, you know, have about, you know, 20, 25 or 30 uh, professional bouts under their, you know, resume. So, it kind of like, you know, gradually building them up and building them up until, you know, they get them like a, a challenge against uh, someone that's, you know, out there in the featherweight division. So, you know, it's something else that, you know, it's something that I'm like looking forward to uh, with him is that, you know, how, how he will be able to, you know, build himself up before they kind of like uh, position him for a, a world title shot, even though um, you have a, top rank that's behind him that could really uh, position himself for a, a world title shot, you know, fairly soon. I mean, he's you know, already there ranked uh, number one in the WBO under Oscar Valdez. So, um, you know, they could probably position him for a world title shot sooner than, probably sooner than we think. You know, I mean, he probably, if he gets like a quick win here, he'll probably say like, oh, okay, I'm ready for a title shot. I'm ready for a title shot. But um, it's basically up to um, his handlers if they're able to uh, position him out there, um, whether, you know, Ward's still with them and still uh, managing uh, his uh, direction. And also if Bob Aaron wants to put him in the ring uh, for a world title. Oh, yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's kind of like what I get, you know, from that. Um, you know, the other thing is that, yeah, like I was saying, uh, you do have um, those two heavyweight fights that are over in London that are coming up. Uh, Joe Joyce going up against the veteran Brian Jennings and Daniel Dubois against uh, Nate Gorman. Uh, of course, we know about uh, Joe Joyce uh, being the quote-unquote juggernaut in uh, Brian Jennings, who, you know, did like seem like he was um, a uh, challenger to be um, challenging four world titles, uh, but he, you know, ran into Oscar Rivas earlier this year and eventually got stopped um, pretty much late in that fight. Uh, so he now is going up against Joe Joyce, who, you know, has about less than 10 bouts in his uh you know, Docket, he did uh, recently stop um, Bermond Severn uh, earlier this year. So he's going up against another uh, veteran here in Brian Jennings to kind of like see where he's at there in the heavyweight division. Um, kind of like uh, see that they didn't, well, in some places they didn't uh, place uh, Joe Joyce as the, uh, what is it, the WB. I forgot what the WBA called him, the WBA gold heavyweight champion or something like that. Uh, it's, you know, one of the many uh, belts that, you know, these organizations have created. Uh, but that that's kind of like one fight that I'm looking forward to, to see where Joe Joyce is at this particular point of his professional career. And then also the two young uh, heavyweights there, Nate Gorman and Daniel Dubois, um, you know, a few people, well, some in the UK were saying that Dubois is kind of like the the future there in the heavyweight division. Uh, but, you know, with him being under 
uh, Queensberry Promotions. I think, you know, um, you know, a guy like um, Frank Warren is bringing bringing a guy like uh, Daniel Dubois along slowly. But this is going to be a tough test for him. I, I feel that this is going to be a tough test for him going up against Nate Gorman. And, you know, some people feel that Nate Gorman might end up getting the win uh, there over Daniel Dubois. Um, it's not like, you know, Dubois is very uh, polished and is kind of like, you know, a guy that could pretty much run through anybody there in the uh, in the heavyweight division, especially at that level uh, there before he's, you know, moving up to kind of like the world, world stage and whatnot. So I, I'm kind of like looking forward to that fight. I think that fight's going to be a toss-up. And you know we'll see like where uh, Daniel Dubois is at in this uh, at his uh, young career there against Nate Gorman. Um, have you uh, heard much about you know either one of those guys or Dubois? Um, so you know Dubois. Um, of course, we've heard about you know, I've heard about him due to, I guess, them moving him up and him having, you know, a lot of buzz behind him. I've never, I haven't heard about the other guy. Um, and I guess also with him saying that he um, kicked Joshua in, in sparring, which I would tend to believe, maybe he didn't say it, but other people said it, but I would tend to believe it because, um, yeah, um, <laughs> Joshua. Joshua seemed to be getting hit in the chin out there. <laughs> um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I guess I'm more interested in the Joe Joyce. Um, Joe Joyce. Who else fighting in the Joe Joyce fight? Brian Jennings. So I know yeah. who's going to win. Joe Joyce will win. Slugfish going to win. And hopefully Brian Jennings just swing his fist faster and then just make Joe Joyce think about something. But. Joe Joyce is going to have a reckoning. It's going to be a real reckoning. Um, his plug fist ain't going to be able to plug everybody, you know, and it's just it's a lot of things that are there that for the right person, let's say like an Andy Ruiz who would just eat him up, and I don't see his um, his chin standing up to somebody just having quicker hands and just hitting him at will because slug fist, you know, his hands just too slow, man. They just just way too slow. The one thing that he does have going for him is that he's six four, six five. You know, but other than that, he just his his movements are too slow. His feet are slow. So, okay. so he's robotic, or he's like you say for Am I what? other guy. <laughs> Am I what? Now? You so you're not gonna say that he's he's robotic like another guy that you say is in the heavyweight division. So to say that he's robotic would be a disservice to what Anthony Joshua could do because he slugs this. He he slugs this. He just you know that um. <laughs> That one fighter that had the fake muscles, and he was throwing shots like, um, like real exaggerated. You you remember that video where he had like the fake muscles, and he just like had like big pectoral, big muscles, and he was just throwing his fist really, really slow and like, exaggerated. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's yeah, how he throw his punches. 
or whatever it was. Yeah, but it was. It, I don't know if it was fake or if it was a real fight or not, but that's how Joe Joyce throw his punches. And so to say anything of the sort of Anthony Joshua would be a disservice to Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua just stiff. And, you know, he needs to let them weights go and, hell, do more CrossFit or something. I don't, I mean, well, let me not say CrossFit because CrossFit is a way to do more, um, I don't know. I'm not a, a sports scientist. Do more, do more stuff that's not involving with weights. Swim more. There's How about more that? Like Go out there and swim. And stretching and up and things like that, mainly. Yeah, like more cardio stuff. Do like the more yeah, cardio, cardio fitness stuff. Go swim or something. Like that stuff is very helpful. Like do the little ropes where you like lift your arms up and down. Even though he do do them, but he he do all these other exercises too that it seems like they're trying to work on stuff, but it just. The, the movements that he do, it doesn't translate, and it, his movements are so slow. But to, to relate Joe Joyce's slow hand to Anthony Joshua would be a, a big disservice to Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua is stiff, but he he don't he don't throw them. I'm versatile with his though. Yeah, he he ain't club fist like he. He's not slugfish. When I say slugfish, it looks like Joe Joyce be throwing his punches really slow and just like, like that. That's, I just feel like that's how he throws his punches. At least Anthony Joshua, when he try to hit you, he trying to hit you. He might be, he might be just like, just like from from point A. Anthony Joshua too much. That's what it probably is. He's like, let me throw the perfect punch. Let me throw the perfect punch. One one thousand, two one thousand. Turn my turn my shoulder over. Turn my shoulder over. Huh? I turned it over. This is this is me thinking for him. This is this is him thinking, but I'm talking as his as his thoughts. One one thousand, two one thousand. Turn my shoulder over. Four one thousand. You know that's how, that's how that's what he is. Uh, he turned his shoulder over and thinking about it. Let me jab. Let me jab. Let me go from point A. Point A. Turn my shoulder in. Turn my shoulder in. Make sure make sure it's, it's stuck to my um stuck to my my chin. Make sure my chin's not in there. You know, and then he throw his fist out, and that's why his jab's so slow. Versus, let's say, a guy like Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder, sure, he's not polished, but you damn best believe he ain't enough thinking all the damn time. He ain't he ain't crippling himself because he's thinking too much. Anthony Joshua be thinking too damn much. And that's why he's so fucking still, because he thinks too much. Like, get out there and move your hands, throw some punches, and stop thinking so much. Like... He did some good things in the Andrew Ruiz fight. I'm not going to lie. He did. But then you can see he was thinking. There was certain spots where he was just thinking. And then that's when he started getting caught. Why the fuck is you doing a, 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 a hook for hook on the inside with a shorter fighter? Like, this ain't the Anthony Joshua talking show. We talking about uh, Slugfish. Slugfish win, but I'm just hoping Brian Jennings fights above himself. And gets from the inside, throws faster punches, and, and hits, what's his name? Slugfish. That's Joyce, what I'm hoping. I'm, I'm hoping. Say it again. Yeah, Joyce. I mean, some people think that uh, Brian James will will put off the win, but I I, I just, I, I, I don't see it, man. I'm, you know, he, 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 he should, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Joyce is going to you know, end up stopping him. Yeah, it's just a highly likelihood that Joe Joyce will stop him, and it'll be on like a, a, an attrition type beating. 
like war of attrition type beatings. <laughs> like yeah. Ryan Dennis should be eaten. Ryan Dennis should be eaten. Ryan Dennis should get on the inside, do the little stuff he used to do, and then just throw Leonard Fisco and just hit this man left and right, just continue hitting him. Hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him in the stomach, hit him on his arm, hit him everywhere. Like hit him. That's what you gotta do, hit yeah. him. And so if you yeah, if you think about that that fight that Joe Goyce had against um Ramon Severn, Severn was able to catch him a couple of times. It was just that, you know, he didn't follow up with anything after that. So, you know, maybe Brian Jennings will do a little bit more in this case. I hope so. I hope so. He said he read I saw a video of him saying that, you know, he was he was a little under motivated, you know. He all but said he was depressed. Um, that's what I took from it. He didn't say that, but that's what I took from it. But he was like, you know, stuff changed. He's a bit more motivated, and I hope it's true. Like I want, I would, I would rather see him win than Joe Joyce. Okay, maybe Joe Joyce probably would mean more in the grand scheme of things, but um, but you just don't I wouldn't mind seeing Deontay Wilder Joe. like knock out Slugsy. I wouldn't mind seeing that. You just don't see Joe Joyce really doing that much damage out there in the heavyweight division if he, you know, steps up above this level. Exactly. That I couldn't have said that more perfectly than you, James. That's exactly how I feel. Like, sure, he'll beat these people. Hell, I feel like Charles Martin could possibly give him a run for his money again. And that's saying something. Like, that's that's hmm, that's. that's- Charles Martin against Joe Joyce. <laughs> the juggernaut against the guard or something. I don't know, man. But you know they already uh, fought, right? They fought. They already fought, right? Uh, Joyce and Martin, no. I feel like they fought, James. I feel like they fought. Like they fought maybe a year or two ago. Nah, because, um, you know, Joyce only was you know, active in uh, late 2017. So, and Martin really, Martin hadn't really fought ever since that loss to Joshua. He just came back about a year and a half later, had a couple of wins, and then, you know, ended up, uh, you know, losing uh, to, um, you know, losing that that fight over at the Barclays Center, um, you know, that he was in. you know, when he faced Adam Kalnaki, so that's pretty much Kalnaki, what being, that's uh, what I was thinking. I'm wrong, Kalnaki. You're right. So, uh, bringing in another caller in here from the 646 area code. You're on the boxing court radio. So, I, I guess uh, it's just so easy to beat Joe Joyce, huh? Just uh, get on the inside and beat him up, huh? Uh, I guess that's what we're doing here. Um, yeah, first of that's, all, that's, that's what you do. Uh, Joe Joyce is a more effective puncher on the inside than Bryant Jennings is. Um, Bryant Jennings, even though he's not as tall as Joe Joyce, his arms are much longer than Joe Joyce's. I think um, he has about like a four-inch reach advantage, if uh, my memory serves me correct. You know, I'll fact check. But I remember Bryant Jennings having 84-inch reach, and Joe Joyce has like an 80-inch reach. So I'm not sure how that inside fighting is going to work when uh, basically it would be Bryant Jennings smothering himself against Joe Joyce. Um, also, Joyce has a top shelf chin. Uh, Bryant Jennings doesn't. 
Uh, we've seen Brian Jennings get stopped by Oscar Rivas, of all people, who, um, while he's a decent puncher, he's not like a top-shelf-powered heavyweight. You know, Oscar Rivas is more of a break-you-down kind of guy. And Oscar Rivas hadn't even had um, – uh, he couldn't even knock out the, the UFC fighter he was fighting. What was it? Uh, Fabio Maldonado, you know, and then he was fighting some yeah, uh, German uh, no-name guy. Yeah. So how is Bryant Jennings going to beat Joe Joyce? It seems like you don't really respect what Joe Joyce does in the ring. I have him highly rated. I have him as my eighth best heavyweight in the world right now. I think um, <laughs> he can give uh, quite a few really guys dang. a bit of run for their money. Um, but you see like not who? to share like that. Who? Like who? I think, I think he can do well against Julian White. I think he can do well against Luis Ortiz. I think he can do well against Andrew. Do well win? Do well is win? Yeah, I think he can beat them. So Luis Ortiz can... was after Luis Ortiz? I'm sorry, what was that? Who was after Luis Ortiz? You said Luis Ortiz, uh, and who was after that? I think he can beat Andrew Ruiz also. Uh, let's not. Ooh. <laughs> you said Ooh. no, he can't. Whoa, uh, hey, hey. <laughs> Mike said definitely not because he says, like, anybody with fast hands against Joe Joyce would get Joyce a lot of problems. Uh, I wouldn't say that because here's the thing. Just because Anthony Joshua got his ass handed to him by Andy Ruiz, let's not forget Andy Ruiz was left on the scrap heap for a reason. Okay, uh, it wasn't thought that he could hang with the top guys. Just because Anthony Joshua got exposed as the myth that he is does not mean oh, that Andy boy. Ruiz is one of the top guys. Because he's not. Joe <laughs> <laughs> Joyce think, does not stand a chance against Anthony Joshua. You don't think so? Uh, I know listen. so. What, what is Joshua going to do? What is Joshua going to do when Joe Joyce lays those hands on him? He's going to go down. He's going to go down. I, I'm pretty sure Anthony Joshua can dodge Joe Joyce's slow-ass hands. I'm, I'm pretty sure Anthony Joshua can't dodge anything. Anthony Joshua does not move his head. He doesn't move oh, his head. And that's what I'm saying. Even with him not moving his head, Joe Joyce. Even with him not moving his head, Joe Joyce throws such slow, animated punches that Anthony Joshua would 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 see the punches. You think and so? He would probably cover mm. up on the punches. He would be able to see every punch that Joe Joyce throws at him. I think Joe Joyce gets him out of there. Move. Say it again. I think Joe Joyce gets him out of there. Oh, I, I, I see it the opposite way. Well, well, we'll we'll see we'll see how you feel about Joe Joyce after this Jennings fight. 
I think he's gonna get Jennings out there, out of there in spectacular fashion. I think he's gonna announce himself on the world stage as one of the ten best heavyweights in the world. And uh, I think Joe Joyce is poised to really uh, make a name for himself this year. But you'll have to wait and see. I, I don't understand. Uh, just because he's a little bit slow, it's the heavyweight division. Not everyone's as quick as Deontay Wilder. You know, a lot of the heavyweights are slow. <laughs> it is what it is, man. So, and you'll see. You'll see. So, hey, wait, wait, wait. So, I will say. So, so, I will say. So, you will put Joe Joyce. Like, like, who would he do? He, he wouldn't beat Count Mackey, would he? No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Come Luis on. Or- so you saying Luis? No. So you saying he beat Luis Ortiz? I say he beat Luis Ortiz. Yes. Yeah. Tyson Fury? Nah, nah, nah. He, he, he's now. That is a guy who is a bad matchup for Joe Joyce because of how slow he is. Because Tyson Fury would see all his punches coming, and Tyson Fury actually moves his head. So that's a bad matchup. <laughs> oh man, uh, I'm trying to figure out oh, who, who else would be. Joe Joyce beating <laughs> Brian Jennings won't mean a lot, by the way. Like, why not? I, I uh, Oscar Rivas beating him has gotten Oscar Rivas basically uh, uh, one step from a title shot with the WBC. So apparently, uh, Brian Jennings is the heavyweight Andre Berto. So, so I don't know what you mean by it. Does it mean a lot? It won't. It won't mean a lot because Brian Jennings, unfortunately, is not competitive with the upper tier fighters, B level, B plus level and above fighters. Brian Jennings is not competitive with B plus and above fighters. Um. Well. Let, Sure. Let me, let me yeah, but you just said Joyce is not any good. So Brian Jennings should be able to beat him. You said no, Joyce no, no, is not no. Any I didn't good. say that. I said that. I said that. What was? What I said was, and, and James can corroborate this. That I expect uh, Joe Joyce to win, and he it'll be a war of attrition that that beats um, Brian Jennings. He 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 will he will break him down with some slug fish. And it'll just be Brian Dennis will be bludgeoned that, that they go, they'll either stop the fight or he'll quit due to attrition. Um, what I said was, what I hope happens, what I hope happens is that Brian Dennis gets on the inside. So your point about him having longer reach is very interesting. So that this this particular plan may not is not probably won't be effective. What I'm saying now, what I originally said was I hope he got on the inside. And threw punches because he because he had the faster hands, but maybe he would smother himself if he threw inside punches. But I still feel him throwing a hook versus versus slugfish throwing a hook, he would land every time. And if he could throw a left hook and and dip under and hold and move out, he would be his uh, slugfish. Well, that's just so then you should pick him to win. Hand. So you should pick him to win then. Like I, I don't understand what you're saying. If his hands are so fast because that there's no match for Joe Joyce to slow punches, then there's no reason why Joe Joyce should be able to win the fight. But 
what, well, what I'm man, saying is Joe Joyce will win because Joe Joyce will beat him on the war of attrition. Joe Joyce will land punches. He will land punches. He will land punches. He will land punches. There will be thudding punches. There will be thudding punches. There will be thudding punches. And then Brian Dennis, will, his motor will probably go down a lot faster than, than uh, Slugfish. But let Slugfish fight a fighter who has quicker hands, like a la Andy Ruiz, who can get on the inside. Slugfish is going to get in trouble the same way Anthony Joshua got in trouble. Slugfish oh, is, is okay. Slugfish can, can beat these guys like, you know, Brian Dennings and, and, and that level and below. But once he steps it up, Slugfish is going to have a lot of problems because he's going to get hit a bunch. Um, and he's going to get hit often. And, and him throwing them 39 punches won't do anything because he won't be able to hit somebody like once every blue moon. And then after that, he's going to get hit a lot more. And then he's going to get his ass knocked out. Wow. Sure, he beat Brian Jennings. What'd you do? <laughs> I, I can't believe this. Now, uh, what were you also saying about um, Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz? Uh, I, I heard you breaking down uh, what you thought Joshua needs to do and, and what happened. You said Joshua was doing well in the fight? Well, so <clears throat> there were a few things that I thought Joshua did well in that when he got off first, he was able to hit Ruiz and use his reach and stuff. Um, and so he would get off first. He would do things, get off first. And, and he sort of used, like, the face and stuff. He used those semi-well. Um, but when he started, number one, slowing down. Number two, getting hit a bit more. Uh, I guess that's for anybody, but... He starts throwing hooks. He stopped. He stopped fighting on the outside per se. When he was fighting on the outside, he did it well against Andrew Ruiz, um, and he he won pretty much a lot of the exchanges early. He won most of all the exchanges in round one, most of all the exchanges in round two, up until he he clipped Ruiz. He won every exchange. And what I I negated him. What I said was was bad for him is that. Anthony Joshua does not know how to fight off his back foot. The fight would have been a lot easier had he fought if he knows how to fight off his back foot. But what Joshua was doing is that he was fighting like he was standing his ground and still winning the exchanges with Ruiz. It was only until he started getting crazy, started trying to throw hooks on the inside where Ruiz was able to get to the punch first, get to the to the punch faster because Joshua's hook is a lot slower as compared to Ruiz's hook. And Ruiz, you know, you can tell he's been been boxing since he was five or something, whatever. And so got to the punch faster, got to the punch quicker, and it clipped him. Um, but once he was, like, fighting sort of on the outside and kind of controlling distance, using his lead arm to, to make Ruiz think and, and make Ruiz have to get past that lead arm, he, he, was, doing, he was doing well. And then, you know, fatigue set in, and that'll probably be a problem again unless they don't do um, drug testing, and then it might not might be less of a problem. Um, yeah. What, well, what, well, what let me ask you a question. If Joshua was doing so well, 
then why the hell did he only outland Ruiz in one round? Like, literally the first round was the only round that Joshua outlanded him. And, and, and so I'm not too sure where's this. He was doing so well, and then all of a sudden uh, he got lethargic and stuff like that. He only outlanded him in the first round. Because what he's saying is that, you know, when Joshua is able to control the distance and, and is able to be first with his punches, then he kind of is more successful with his offense against Andy Ruiz. But when he, like, doesn't throw first, when he allows Ruiz to get close, then his overall reach is negated. And you can't have that when you're going up against a guy that has fast hands like Andy Ruiz does. Because... You know, even in those first three rounds, he did well, and then he knocked he knocked out Andy Ruiz. But when he got after that knockdown happened, he went ahead and he got closer to Andy Ruiz. And you can't really do that against a guy that has faster hands than you, because if he's able to counter you and counter you quick, and that's how you get caught and get hurt. So that's basically what happened uh, there with Joshua, and then he just couldn't recover from that particular point because. Everything, you know, pretty much went down from that. And, you know, he, he fights he fights basically in a in a stance where he could be, you know, pretty much stationary and then use his reach. But as far as like stepping back and using his reach, he hasn't been able to learn he hasn't completely learned that yet. So it's not like he could, you know, fight off his back foot or back up and back up and then lead and then use his lead hand. Uh, lead left hand in order to jab out so that the rest of his body is not being able to be touched. He hasn't really grasped that particular part uh, on, in his repertoire yet, you know, so unless if he fights like he did against Joseph Parker, but that is kind of like a combination of using reach and kind of like going through the Latimer Klitschko mode. Because uh, that's, well, the, actually, that's the other thing uh, that he did. The reason why he was successful against Parker was because uh, of the referee. You know. Like, come on, man. Don't buy into the myth of Anthony Joshua. Like, come on. What are we talking about here? Stop it. You think Joseph Parker really had a shot against Anthony Joshua? Come on. Gosh. Well, Joseph Parker is not that good of a fighter, to be honest with you. So, uh, you're probably right about that. So, uh, listen. Andy Ruiz is knocking out Anthony Joshua again. You and I have a bet on it, Jr. I've seen what I need to see. It's 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 going down, man. Like, come on. It's on the line, buddy. It's going. Like, come on. This 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 guy, Joshua. He's been exposed. He's been he's he's exactly the fighter that I thought he was. That I've been saying that he was. When you try to say he was the best heavyweight in the world, you put him up as the graphic on on your show. You know, like, this guy, he's, he's overrated. He's been overrated. He got exposed. And come November 29th or December, whenever they fight, Andy Reeves is getting him the hell up out that ring again. I'll <laughs> see about that there. All right. Uh, one thing I didn't And uh, I, I see that being a lot tougher, again, if he uses reach. Like, sure, if he – he gonna get tired. Yes. Um, again, unless unless something happens outside of him, he'll get tired like he like he always has been getting tired. At the same time, if he continues to use his reach, he should be able to 
up until round nine, eight, nine, to outbox, to, to land, to win exchanges, and then make Andy Ruiz have to reset. And then that's how he wins exchanges, up until round nine, where he's completely exhausted. Then he's going to start getting touched by Ruiz, and then he just have to shit, learn how to move, bite down, learn how to jab, you know, maybe switch hands so, so you can start throwing the jab with, with the left hand, with the right hand, I mean. Um, and, you know, that that's a different hand, so your hand less tired now. Like, you got to do something to, uh, to like, it you know, get through. can see it, too, is jab to the body like he was doing at first. Because there, you pretty much stop your reads coming coming towards you by doing that. And then you don't just have them reset each and every time you do that jab to the body. It's just that you got to mix it up after that and just not allow him to get to the inside of you like he was doing there in the first place. So that's what I got um, on that one. Uh, Matt, I, d- I was talking about uh, the other fight on that card, Nate Gorman against uh, Daniel Dubois. And, you know, you see around uh, boxing circles that that's kind of been like a toss-up type of fight uh, between those two guys. Uh, who who you have coming out of that? Uh, I'm taking uh, Dubois to win the fight. Uh, honestly, I'm just guessing. Uh, Gorman, he looks like a good fighter, but I wasn't impressed with his last fight. At least Dubois, even though to me he's a bit stiff like Joshua, he gets people the hell up out of there, which I always appreciate in a fighter. I always want to see my fighters get people up out of there. Uh, the problem with Gorman is that I don't think he's going to have enough power to keep the boys off of him. Uh, Gorman is not a hard puncher. He's more built in the mode of, a, I'd say, a poorer, shorter, fatter man, Tyson Fury. So... If he can do that and keep the boys from throwing punches, perhaps he can win. But I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm not sure about it either. Um, this is kind of like the thing where, you know, Daniel Dubois was kind of like brought up along a little bit slowly uh, with his uh, career tra- trajectory. Uh, but this this point here is kind of like see where um, his next you know, um, you know, his next method of um, where he's going to be at in his career and who else could he uh, fight there as far as like a step-up fight. So uh, if he's able to get this win against Gorman, then he'll probably get uh, bigger fights later on down the line if he uh, gets gets that win. Um, he also, like, also uh, coming up next Saturday, uh, you have the return of the guy that walks like a god, Charles Martin, will be going up against Daniel Mart. Uh, that's going to be on Fox Sports 1. Uh, that'll be a part of the Jamal James versus Antonio DeMarco uh, fight card. Also, Robert Hellenius will go up against Gerald Washington on that card. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty, actually, that's a pretty full card over there in Minneapolis. Uh, you got, um, the uh, Russell twins, uh, Antonio and Antoine, is part of that card as well. So um, that that particular card is going to be pretty good. Um, in Carson, California, you got Diego De La Hoya going up against Ronnie Rios, and Ray Vargas defends his title against uh, Sunoki Kamita. So uh, that's pretty much the uh, full um, 
the full schedule they have there for July 13th that we uh, have uh, coming up. Uh, of course, <laughs> we have uh, Amir Khan fighting for some, I don't know, some title that, uh, who is it, that somebody created for him uh, over there no, in Saudi Arabia. No, there's no title. No, no, no. Uh, They're like, not what? fighting for a title anymore. What the WBC has stated was that the winner of the Khan versus Dib fight will be placed in the top five of the welterweight rankings. <laughs> it wasn't like Amir Khan pretty much like in the top two of the WBC for a long time uh, before they like finally dropped him or something like that for inactivity. Hey man, he's back. You know his his balls are healed, um, and he's ready to go in there up against uh, uh, Billy Dib, the world beater. Man, let's let's see it. Let's see <laughs> what Khan can do in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Well, uh, we also have over in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, Samuel Peter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nah, not even. They ain't even gonna pick it up. No, 
Uh, Although it does sound like something the zone would do. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I can see Eddie Hearn selling this. Yeah, the zone Bollywood. <laughs> yeah, the Bollywood in this. Oh, it, but it, it is on it is on it is on TV in the UK though. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe it. it but TV. speaking of July 13th, Jr., what's going on with your boy Shakur Stevenson? Why is he having such a hard time finding an opponent? I heard uh, Manzanilla pulled out also. Like, what is it like his third opponent that's that's yeah that's been on here? Yeah, I'm like goodness, man. That's crazy, man. But I see um, Robert Brent is going to be fighting uh, Murata in Japan. Oh, that should be an interesting matchup. Yeah, because it's in Japan, man. I, yeah. I'm kind of, uh, kind of sketchy as far as, like, what's going to happen over there, man. Yeah, so, yeah, this is a good week for boxing. Although, unfortunately, the news came out that uh, the WBO – has said they can't do anything about the Briatus versus Glowacki fight. They said that it's up to the Latvian Commission, and the Commission has uh, refused to do anything. Uh, come on now. You know, if they, if, they, if they let it go to the Latvian Commission, it's a wrap. You might as well yeah. forget about it. So, uh, Pato said that he hopes, he said he hopes the winner of the WBSS would fight Glowacki. They're not going to order it, though. They just hope that they will. They ain't gonna order it. They ain't gonna just... <laughs> man, that's 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 not gonna happen, man. That's definitely not gonna happen. Oh man. Um also, you know, looking ahead to uh the stuff that's happening on the weekend on the nineteenth and twentieth, you got Teofimo Lopez is gonna be in action over in the MGM National Harbor, so I'm looking forward to that. And in July twentieth, you got Caleb Plant defending his title against Mike Lee and Keith Thurman against Emmanuel Dapijan Pacquiao, the Filipino hero for life for that WBA title. Um, yeah, Keith Thurman is, you know, talking a lot, man. He's getting back to the, to the China, you know, I guess it's supposed to be his get back here. He's, Definitely getting back into talking a lot. Uh, KOs for life, baby. KOs for life. <laughs> so, I mean, does this mean he'll get, get to, you know, that one-time thing here against Manny Pacquiao? I mean, I I don't know, man. I, I feel that if Keith Thurman was, you know, back to – if he is at the level where I think he could be, he should be able to watch Manny Pacquiao. Like, watch Manny Pacquiao in, in this fight. Like, it shouldn't even be, like, he shouldn't even really be, you know, touched against Manny Pacquiao. But, I mean, I don't know, man. You know, since they don't completely have, uh, who, who, who who's doing the testing here? The uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission or something? Yeah, uh, they're probably going to uh, outsource it to uh, some uh, random USADA lab. Uh, very yeah. interesting that even though both guys, being that they're WBA champions, are supposed to be part of the WBA fair boxing program, it is very interesting that Vada is not involved in the testing 
of these two fighters. So I do wonder, is the WBA fair boxing program actually being utilized, or is it just was it just a press release? Because uh, maybe they maybe the they didn't have a, maybe they didn't have the money to pay Vada uh, for for this particular fight, like uh, yeah, like organization, you know, <laughs> kind of like say, oh yeah, we we want Vada to test, but uh, I don't know if you got the money to pay people. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. So that's come on, guys. Come on, guys. We Um, know they want at least Manny Pacquiao to look good on TV, so they're letting him do what he needs to do to get back to his former glory. They letting his shoulder be healed. They letting him use what he needs to use to let his shoulder be healed and and get back to his former glory. That's all I'm saying. Because Manny Pacquiao doing well. Decently well, at least one or two, three fights well. PC means more money for PBC. So Manny Pacquiao need to feel young. It sounds yeah, like the witness towards uh, Manny Pacquiao to beat Thurman. Say it again. It sounds like you're leaning towards Pacquiao to beat Thurman. Um, I'm not picking this fight. And oh, I'm not on. picking because how about this? I'll look at it a bit more, and then I'll see where I'm going. All right, so but Manny Pacquiao right, does look next good Sunday, from his training. Next Sunday, we'll 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 get a pick from Mike Grady. Oh, yeah, just keep that you already know who I'm picking. I'm picking Thurman by slaughter. I mean that's that, I won't that's what I'm leaning towards, man. I just don't see how you know packing. I, I don't see it. Hey, come on, man. This is supposed to be Keith Thurman. This is supposed to be the Keith Thurman that's supposed to be the the best welterweight out there. And if he's supposed to be the best welterweight out there, it's like uh, you know, like Matt said, if he's supposed to be getting guys like that out of there, he's got to get Manny Pacquiao out of there, man. So, but we got like Manny Pacquiao just is just this slouch though. He's not a slouch. He can be B plus level guys. Um, and I and, okay, Keith Thurman ain't B plus level. I need to see if Thurman is still A level. That's what I need oh to see. Oh my gosh. What that's time? my only um that's my only reservation about Keith Thurman at this point. Because so, I, I guess I guess I guess you got that out of uh, Keith Thurman's last fight that he, he didn't necessarily perform to A level in that fight, so you're kinda like skeptical to feel be that way against Manny Pacquiao. Well, it ain't even my- just his last fight. Um I think the man is is a bit more comfortable in life. I think that he's getting to the point to where we can start asking ourselves if the tried and true statement of um, it's hard to get up and run your mouth when you when you sleeping in shit pajamas. What's his, what's his name who said that? Patty, okay, Marvin Martin. but but what does that have to do with Keith Thurman? Keith Thurman. That has to do with 
is keep Thurman comfortable? Is he at the point to where he don't does he still want it? That's what I'm wondering. So so you don't think that the ego and pride of Keith Thurman is gonna carry him through this fight? You think he wants to lose to a washed up midget like Manny Pacquiao? You think he wants to have that on his record? Come on. No, man. I don't I don't want that to be the first loss on his record. No, I don't. I don't. I won't. I won't keep Thurman to win. At the same time, I know how I would have said this fight would have went two years ago. I don't know. Some time ago. I know how I would have said this fight would have went some time ago. I know what Keith Thurman can do to make this fight very easy. He just uses wheels and and runs. So, on paper, Keith Thurman should be able to take advantage of Manny Pacquiao. So, the one wild card is Manny Pacquiao's speed. Manny Pacquiao still has substantial speed, which makes up for his flaws, even though he's a 40-year-old fighter. Substantial speed to where he probably is even faster than Keith Thurman. I'm pretty sure he's faster than Keith Thurman. What goes in Thurman's favor is Thurman's ability to move around the ring, and Thurman has the ability to move around the ring, move around the ring, move around the ring, stop, throw a shot, and run you into the shot. Keith Thurman has the, a, a very good ability to do that, to move, 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 stop, throw a shot, run you into it. And if Keith Thurman can do that, and Keith Thurman got a jab. Keith Thurman hasn't been jabbing in the last few fights, few of his fights. That's why his fights have been harder, because he has not been jabbing. If he don't jab against Manny Pacquiao, it's going to be a tougher fight. It's going to be a much tougher fight. He has to jab. I don't know why he stopped jabbing, why he just always throw hooks to come in and stuff. My man got a jab. Um, I think he should be able to run him into shots similar to how Marquez, similar to how Mayweather did, you know, these counter punches. He should be able to do that. But in order for him to do that, he got a jab. Um, and Manny Pacquiao's speed is, is, is still on another level. And he's motivated too. Manny Pacquiao is motivated now. You can, I can tell he's motivated. You know, yeah, I feel like Manny Pacquiao is motivated, and and uh, and that's dangerous. Him motivated is dangerous. It would mean it would have meant less against Mayweather, but there's a divide between what Mayweather was and where we are now. Maybe not with, I don't know. Let me. I'm gonna stop there. I'll stop there. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then I don't know, man. You kind of like had this thing at a, at a 50-50 type of fight, and I don't know if you're going to have a decision by next week, man. Yeah, Pharrell. <laughs> like, this guy, I mean, talk about on the fence. The way you talk, it sounds like Keith Thurman need to retire. Because if Keith Thurman can't no, get the back out, ain't no reason why he should still be fighting. Like if he doesn't beat Pacquiao, there's no reason. Like for me, the way that Keith Thurman fought Danny Garcia, especially after the first three rounds, if he fought like that against Manny Pacquiao, he would be able to get a clean sweep against him. Because the thing is, is like, yeah, Manny Pacquiao may still have some type of speed, but he's still, you know, over 40 years old. You got to be able to you know, predict what what Manny Pacquiao is going to be doing, especially in the in the uh, later half of the fight. So, 
I mean, my thing is is that you know Keith Thurman could box box Manny Pacquiao to an easy win, or basically get, I, I'd say, get a knockout because I think he has what it takes in order to hurt Manny Pacquiao, and he'll be able to do that later on down the line and batter him for about six to eight rounds and then take him out by then. You know, so that, that's that's what I got off of that man. I, I just don't see how um, Manny Pacquiao be will be able to get through this one. I just don't see it, you know. Um, that's uh, yo, that's pretty much most of what I have here for this version of the Boxing Source Radio Show. We're gonna be uh, covering uh, the weekend fights that are coming up next week on Sunday, July fourteenth, seven thirty p.m. Eastern Time. Um, you could also catch the uh, podcast on iTunes, on Acre.fm, on Spotify and on Google Podcasts as well. So if you subscribe to any one of those things, you'll be able to listen to the shows on there at any time you want. And like I say, at the end of every show, folks, the point of boxing is to hit and not to hit, not to stand a trade. On that note, I'm out. Have a good evening, everybody. Bomb squad, baby.